0: Welcome to the Innovative Mindset with your host, Harrison Kelly. The Innovative Mindset was created to give easy access to people with innovative stories and livelihoods that can teach valuable lessons to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one with your host, Harrison Kelly, and our first guest, Jonathan Palmer.
1: going on ladies and gentlemen this is harrison kelly your podcast host i have a very special guest today jonathan palmer jonathan thanks for coming on the show
2: and it is uh fantastic to be here i'm super excited to be a part of this podcast i'm looking forward to getting to know my friend a little bit more you know harrison uh he was at one of our events recently so just want to see see how we can connect the dots. Uh, up in New Jersey, I'm in Miami, so we're on all opposite sides. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, love Miami. Uh,
1: before we even get into things, I just want to say that the fact that this is even happening is such a testament to the power of virtual networking, especially in the time of the coronavirus. Uh, Travis made a post recently about the event that we attended. That's the person that put it together, and he was just saying that this is originally only based in Denver, this event we attended. Now they switched it to digital for coronavirus. It's so successful. Now it seems like it's going to be a regular thing. So we are seeing good innovations in this whole mess of a situation. That's for sure.
2: No, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's really the key is trying to take these challenging times and use them as opportunities to learn and grow. Like before three weeks ago, I was familiar with Zoom. I used it a lot, but I can't tell you how many people have never used, uh, you know, video meeting, video conferences in their life, and now it's something we almost live on. So, the fact that we can implement these tools, can you imagine if we didn't have the technology? Like, what would we be doing right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Not working. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've been working from home for about the last eight months or so. Like, my job has been fully remote. So, I was working from home before. It was cool. <laughs> but I've been saying this whole time that, like, I really think that it's the future. And I think, honestly, the coronavirus has just expedited expedited the process the business yep. is realizing. Why am I paying for a full office, making people work specifically nine to five, when I can have them work their own hours, hit their deliverables, and then hop on a Zoom call for a meeting? It just, it makes a lot more sense. So I'm curious to see how this shifts after the fact.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see.
1: <laughs> time will tell. So to anyone listening that's not familiar with Jonathan, definitely recommend checking him out on LinkedIn. He's became a rather big player within the community in a very short period of time, making quite an eclectic array of videos. You go from like funny covers of songs related to current events to very insightful stuff about creating video content and your whole experience of working with Shade Robottom, who is another influencer from LinkedIn that if you're not familiar with, get to know her quick because she's given some awesome insights. So Jonathan started on WWE briefly and then went from that to financial forensics. So Jonathan, do you want to kind of just catch me up to date with the roller coaster ride that has been your life so far?
2: <laughs> it's, it's super interesting cool. because, uh, you know, we have a lot of dreams as kids and there is such a small window of opportunity that we can really execute on them without creating any long-term damage, right? So, for example, you know, if you have kids and you have responsibilities, mortgages, it's a lot harder to branch out and live out your dream because you have some things that are kind of not holding you back, but responsibilities that make it more challenging, right? So, luckily, you know, I kind of figured it out right after high school, like, this is the time that I need to go out and you know, do what, what makes me happy and and what I would love to do. And even if it doesn't work back, I can always pivot after. So that's what happened. I I went after the the WWE. Um, It was a dream of mine as I was a kid, as I was, uh, since my my childhood, Um, I was bullied a lot as a kid. So watching these superheroes um, on television, it was like, they were like my life. Like I wanted to have their energy. I wanted to have their confidence. I wanted to uh, perform on a stage like they did on top of the athletic performance. But anyways, so I went after that. I was relatively successful quickly and um, it just became hard. You know, like if you're not a really athletic guy, um, reality kind of starts to set- settle in and you start recognizing your own limitations as a human. And I think that that's okay. Okay. You don't want to be delusional. You want to understand what your strengths are. And a lot of that is uh, morphed into how I figured out uh, digital marketing and how I could be effective in that platform. So I quit the wrestling. I went back to school. I got my degree um, in marketing and in accounting. And um, after I got that, I just started working for the family business. You know, it was a very like defeating moment in my life because it was basically everybody that criticized me and said I couldn't live out my dreams, they confirmed it. And so for many years, I kind of lived with that that defeat. So then I, I joined LinkedIn and I saw that there was an opportunity to make uh, video content. And I saw Shea Robottom killing it with the video content. I reached out to her. I said, hey, what do I have to do to do what you do? You know, I basically, I just want to, I just want to create the same content. I want to take out all of that artistic expression, all of that, um, all of that thing that I was missing because I didn't live out my dream. I want to projected on this audience on LinkedIn, and can I do it? And she basically taught me all of the tools so that I could do it and do it effectively. And then uh, basically it's like uh, living out that dream, but really living out the dream, realizing the dream, because sometimes we think this is the direction we're supposed to go, and then life just kind of shifts us somewhere else, and then you realize, oh, okay, I get why I had to experience all these things, but this is really what I was supposed to do.
1: It's an amazing story. And I I recently interviewed someone who has been the head of a a small business development center for about 30 years. So she's worked, she said she's worked with over 25,000 businesses. Shout out to Lorraine Allen. It's a, a good personal friend of mine. And one of the things that she noted, I asked her what challenges businesses often face, but this really you saying this shows it's applicable in your personal life as well. She said, the business you end up with is a lot different than the business you have in your head from the start. And based on your experience, life can kind of throw a lot of things at you as well. So nothing is set in stone. (laughs) And you need to be able to pivot and kind of utilize past mistakes or past failures to kind of jump ship and move on to the next
2: dream or whatever it may be, the next opportunity. That's what's really challenging, right? Most people understand that life is ever changing and people also understand because if you, pay attention to media, if you pay attention to, you know, what people develop content on or what you're, what you've been told your whole life, there's the moment where you have to pivot or should I stick to something? And and both have their arguments, you know, when when is the right time to quit? And I think many people have a challenge with that. And many people also have a challenge with, okay, you know, um, should I continue to to endure this and just wait it out? It's just like, I've found that you have to go with your heart. You have to go with your gut feeling. This isn't about getting advice from others yet. It's, it's a feeling. And that's how I've been successful is I've, I've known when to shift, when to embrace change and when to kind of hold back and, and just wait it out and see what happens. I think it's super important.
1: For sure. And going back to what you mentioned about getting good advice, um, I think that advice obviously is warranted in specific times. I'm I'm confident that you're going to be able to give me a lot of positive advice. But something that is really important is learning to take advice from the right people. So uh, there's an example. I made a decision going. I ended up going away to college to a small school in Pennsylvania. That I mean, I don't regret going there because I love my friends. But realistically, it wasn't a good fit, and it's because a figure from my my school and my sports that I looked up to was like, oh, you shouldn't go to community college. If you wind up at community college, like you're going to amount to nothing or something. Not those exact words, but pretty much put that in my head as like a 16-year-old. So I was like, I'm not going to go to community college. I'm going to go to this small school in Pennsylvania because that's what this person I looked up to told me to do. But... Looking back, it's like I could have went to community college for a year, and then I visited the University of Miami to visit my friend. I was like, I could have transferred here as a sophomore. <laughs> what was I thinking? It's true, it's true. So, knowing who, but the good thing from that whole experience is now I know. Just because I I have known someone from a for a long time doesn't mean that their advice is set in stone and 100% correct. You know.
2: Yeah, I would say never take advice from people that haven't lived out what you're trying to accomplish. That was my biggest challenge. I had a lot of smart, educated, older, mature people that 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 surrounded me. So, for example, uh, the way that I discovered LinkedIn is um, it was a family friend that recommended it. But he was telling me, "Listen, John, don't don't do the video content. Stick to press releases. Stick to articles that are relevant for your niche." You know, and he really pushed me to to develop content like this. And I went out, I bought a camera, I was super excited, I wanted to do it, and this individual demoralized me. But on paper, he's a very successful man, but he just didn't understand the temperature of the LinkedIn platform today. So despite their experience, sometimes you really have to evaluate their relevance to what they're trying to um, pitch you on. If they're not an expert in the industry, no matter how much many degrees they have or experience they may have if they don't have experience with what you're working with directly you may want to question just not a grain of salt but use you know an educated you know decision when when approaching that
1: especially with being in digital marketing the rate at which things are constantly changing someone who's successful in business that's in their 50s or 60s and is worth seven figures they're not going to know anything about marketing on Instagram, you know, because that wasn't even existent in their, in their prime time, you know? So it's all, it's all stuff to be very conscious of. Absolutely. So you really emphasize that despite this guy kind of demoralized you, you still push for the video and it seems to, in my outlook looking over, it seems to have been successful. So why'd you get in the video and, were you doing videos before LinkedIn or you just got started as soon as you got onto the platform?
2: I never, I never, uh, i had never created a video before. Just never. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, prior, prior to October, I had never developed a video, not once. And, um, like it, all of you that have not done it, know this feeling you put a phone in your face and you know, you record it and then you listen to it back and it's like, Oh, is that really what my voice sounds like? Yeah, <laughs> is that what I really look like? Like, why does the person in the mirror not look the same as the person in this recording? And like, for and that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people is just getting over yourself, you know. And one thing that I always stress is we are our hardest critics. There are plenty of you out there that maybe recorded a video and you're just like, oh, I'm not going to, sub- I'm not going to post it, you know, oh, I'm embarrassed of it. And I'm like, listen, you know, everybody can get value out of whatever it is that you're saying. You don't know if that one person that just happens to be passing by your post needed to hear the exact thing that you said. So um, I wouldn't hold back. You know, even today before I post a video, I'm like super nervous about posting it just because of the the potential rejection, the ridicule, you know, um, what is my family going to think about this? It goes through all of our minds, whether you're an expert or you're a rookie, it's the same.
1: Yeah. It's something to definitely be conscious of. Uh, and one of the questions that I originally asked you in our first introduction in that networking event was how do you deal with not having your families backing you or friends backing you, uh, and, and even putting you down for, for shooting for your dream that they, ha- that they don't really understand.
2: That's, that's the biggest challenge. That is by far the biggest challenge because, um, you know, I do digital marketing, but I also work for the forensic accounting firm, and I kind of like divide my time up between those two. So uh, it's a small family business. And I remember when I was first getting started, and I really wanted to develop my own content for my own page. Uh, people start questioning like who you you are. Like you're it's like you. They think that you're changing. They think like uh, something something got into you. Like you have a virus yourself. Like this guy's sick because what. You know, what, what is he trying to be? What is he trying to prove? What is he trying to accomplish? A lot, and, and it's, it's something that a lot of people share. When you first get started, you, the people that you think are gonna support you the most are the ones that tend to be the most critical. There's two, there's two ways of viewing it, right? One is maybe they're afraid. They're afraid of, of what could happen to you. It could it damage your rep, reputation as a professional? Um, could it change who you are as a person, and, and maybe you, you lose a little bit of yourself? Or um, they're afraid that you'll succeed. Let's be honest. You know, a lot of times, let's think back. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be really honest. You know, there's a lot of jealousy in being successful, right? You know, we're, we're just competitive by nature, especially men. We're super competitive. So when you see, you know, your buddy killing it, there's a part of you that's like a little jealous about it, you know? But it's all about what you do with it. So through this experience, it's taught me that doesn't matter who it is just support them. If it's important to them, it should be important to you. You know, other than like, if they're selling drugs, then I probably wouldn't support that. But also reach out to people like myself, like Harrison, who have been there, done that, are in this process, because we can say, listen, I know how you feel. I know what you're experiencing right now. This is normal. Just keep going. Sometimes just having that is, is the fuel that you need to, to not give up on it. For
1: sure. And I mean, I'm 22. And probably I started probably a month or two after you. And originally, I was a little hesitant to post because I was like, "Uh, what are people from high school going to say? Am I going to get like roasted at the bar or something? But a lot of people that I was like, probably I would think would think I was like a nerd or something ended up like showing support. And I also have met many people through the power of LinkedIn that are positive and are super supportive and comment on most of my my things. So There's no reason that just because we're in different physical locations, uh, there still can't be that genuine relationship,
2: you know? So I have a theory. I have a theory. There's three stages. So you sound like you're in stage two right now. There's three stages to it. Stage one is, why are you buying a camera? Why are you posting video content? It's weird. Phase two, they're proud of you. They're like, oh, okay, he's doing this thing. Nice. like they're supportive, the step right after, but you haven't challenged their own success yet, right? Mm. But you're just kind of like, they're proud of you, pat on the back. And, And I had a lot of that support in the beginning, you know, friends and family were proud that I was doing something different that I was trying. But then when you start having that explosive success, that's stage three. Stage three is where they drop off. Wow. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like when you have astronomical success, I'm talking about five, 600 likes and people reaching out to you to do podcasts. That is the moment where people start saying, okay, now I'm uncomfortable with his success. And uh yeah, that's that's been my experience.
1: Interesting. So that kind of like shift in the quote unquote power dynamic, at least on their in their mind, kind of changes their behavior. That's very interesting. I had not heard of that. And it's something probably yeah. people <laughs> it's probably people in like all walks of life probably experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. That is uh that is very insightful and, and good to know. So <laughs> I'm prepared for my friends to drop me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's um it's just something you got to be conscious of and and willing to to get through honestly I made a post probably a few weeks back that just said I've gotten to a point now where it's like if someone is going to make fun of me behind my back for it or even say something to my face it's like this has been such a positive experience for me like internally growing like it's been a really positive outlet and I've met so many incredible people that it's like, I'd rather just let them talk and reap the benefits of the time and effort I'm putting into this. So no, and I,
2: it's, it's super important because let's consider for a second, if you, all you ever got was praise, like all anybody ever said was great stuff about your content and complimented you, you would never, at some point you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be motivated to improve and i found that my best advice is from the people that hate it you know like for example like i'll i'll cut the pauses from my from my videos so that it's just a continuous flow of 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 words so that there's no pause because pausing typically people lose their attention potentially right if i cut out the pauses i'm saving you time right well there's a lot of people that hate that because it's just like da 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 without like mm. breathing so people are like you're suffocating in this video. How have you been talking for two minutes straight you haven't blinked yet? So um, I took that, that, that negative comment that they made and uh, it was much meaner than that, but I took the negative comment and I actually spaced it out a little bit and I found that it actually did help. I was more successful. So those negative comments can, can sometimes be beneficial for us. We need a little bit of that criticism to keep us innovating and trying new things.
1: For sure. I listen to uh, Tim Fairless' podcast fairly often, and in an episode with uh, Grant Cardone, I believe, they, Grant Cardone talked about that he pretty much set up a network for himself and he was becoming a professor, um, and he was terrible. He wasn't. He had stage fright. He would be sweating uncontrollably, but he would have the students write up a list of all the things that they thought he sucked at, and the the end result was now, obviously, it's like, He's world famous. If you're on Tim Ferriss's podcast, you're probably doing something right. So he's come a long way from sweating profusely in front of college students.
2: Right. I believe it.
1: Yeah. So that having that network of people that are willing to give you that honest feedback is so important. Rather than somebody who's going to be like, oh, I love it. And then behind your back be like, that was terrible. (laughs) I'd rather say to my face, that was terrible. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. For sure. So... You started in October, you began making this video content. Uh, How long did it take you to start seeing traction? And what did you find people were gravitating towards the most?
2: So what I did is um, in October, I I didn't show my face. I basically was building my father's uh, forensic accounting brand. We went through a rebranding, basically. And he said, hey, check out this LinkedIn thing. Like, I don't know what it's about, but it looks like it has some value. So I started interviewing people. So I was kind of like very much the secondary character in, in all of it. And it was a confidence thing. Remember some of my experiences as a kid, I was, I was very, um, unconfident. Um, and I just felt like, who am I? Right. When you come to LinkedIn and you're a young guy, tell me, this isn't true. When you're on LinkedIn, you're a young guy. You are competing with people that have a bunch of certifications, degrees, masters. And you're like, who am I in comparison to all of these people who would, Out of all these people, these C-suite executives, vice presidents, um, you know, owners of these multimillion dollar organizations, these professional writers, why would anybody wanna listen to what a fresh out of college, fresh after getting your MBA, five years of experience working, why would anybody wanna hear what we have to say? So I told myself I will interview other people that are more highly regarded in society and use them as a way of, of leveraging to build the, my dad's brand. And so inevitably, I recognized the fact that uh, we, we had differing tastes in approach. He was more old school, more articles, and I really was pushing for the video content. It got to a point where one day he canceled a video shoot with me. And I said, well, I'm not gonna let this stop me. I'll just record it. And he hated it. So he didn't let me post it on the company page. So I said, all right, let me post it to my page. And the rest is history. (laughs) So within about, um, I'd say within about a month, um, I I was able to explode. I went from, you know, two to three likes to uh, like 100, 120 likes. And then from there it grew exponentially as I associated myself with Shay more and more. So So I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, I've been doing text posts. I haven't done as much video. What do you
1: think it was that got you that, I mean, it's it's crazy how quickly you can blow up on here, but what do you think it was that got you there within like a month or even shorter period of
2: time? Especially I, you started like 30 followers, you said, right? Like, how, like 30, 70 followers, like a very, I, I remember trying to find 30 people to want to connect with me. And I thought it was, it was like, a, it was like so difficult to to craft up the perfect message to send them. Like, okay, so let's review some of the hacks, like some of the things that helped me become successful quickly, right? Um, the first one, you, you have to mention it, it's undeniable, you have to have some level of talent. You know, like, I don't care who you are, you're never gonna shoot like LeBron. You know, no matter how many hours you put into it, you just don't, it's it's just not in your genetic makeup, you don't have the DNA. So you need some level of talent. Maybe your talent is writing, maybe your talent is is drawing, maybe your talent is music whatever it is, find whatever your talent in is, and triple down on that. So I think I had a little bit of natural talent to uh, present, a little bit of charisma, and and that certainly helps. And then um, next was, I I followed something I call the the 90-10 rule. I would spend 90% of my time engaging with others, support others. Now, why do you want to do this? You want to do this because when you're just starting out, nobody knows who you are. But it's kind of like that saying that it's not about you know, what you say, it's it's about how you make the person feel. Imagine for a moment, you've got, just try it, take 10 people, right? And if they post every day, go to their post and engage with them. Leave, but leave a thoughtful comment. Think about it for a moment. You know, I'll ask you, Harrison, when you do one of your text posts, how long does it typically take you to write it and post it? Like the whole process, like from beginning of like an idea you might have, to executing on it and posting it? How long does it take you more or less? I would say I'm constantly
1: thinking about ideas, but physically writing the post, I would say like 30 to 40 minutes.
2: So think about that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm making some assumptions, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong. So it takes you 30 to 40 minutes. We'll call it a straight hour because you know, the, the, the time that the juices are going and the idea comes to your mind, you've probably spent about an hour on it to be fair, right? Yes. Okay, so what does it say about me? that you spent an hour writing this to bring me value, and I can't stop to, to read it and then leave a thoughtful comment and a like. Like, that's just showing respect for the effort. And that's how I did it. I went in with that mentality that, okay, this person spent an hour trying to bring me value. The least I can do is stop, leave a like, leave a thoughtful comment, ask a question in the comments so that they answer it, and now all of a sudden this person is familiar with me not because i created an awesome video that got their attention and made them laugh no i gave to them i gave them something i gave them like almost like a little gift you know and it's helping them with the algorithm it's helping them reach their message so when you lift everybody up you get lifted up by association almost so i think in the beginning that is imperative to build your brand but it's not through posting, it's through commenting. Yeah, it really goes hand in hand
1: with a very common business philosophy. It's like, reach out, put in the good effort before you're going in to sell on them or whatever you want to do. Taking the first step to be kind and go out of your way to do something nice for them, they're going to be not obligated, but they're going to feel an obligation to return the favor. And in all honesty, it's like, if there's any testament to this i've been doing the same thing i love engaging people in the comments um that's how i met travis who is the guy who ended up putting on the deep link that got me into getting to know you and i i engage with him in the in uh the dms pretty frequently so it's easy to flourish something just from a thoughtful
2: conversation within the comments very cool also because a lot a lot of people are guilty of doing it and maybe this could help some people Tradition is take create a really thoughtful uh, message, and when somebody um, accepts your connection request or you send a, re- a connection request, um, what what people say to do is is write that like write that message. Most people just kind of like copy and paste it, change the name, and I am zero about that. I don't even look at in my inbox anymore. Like I just I can't. It's just too many messages, and they're all the same. So think about this for a second. When you leave a comment. That is bringing the person value. That's introducing you to the person. So when you send a connection request, there's a higher probability that they're going to accept it because you brought them value. But also don't forget, what is in when you leave a comment, what, what do you see? You see the person's name and you see what they do. So as opposed to sending a message for them that they're not going to read because most of us don't, they can see what your name is, what you do, and the message that brought them value. What better way to develop a relationship and not have to deal with sending them a personalized message in the DMs?
1: It's smart. It's very smart. And I couldn't agree more. So doing that, you, s- <clears throat> you just saw your follower rate like really substantiate and with that further engagement in your posts?
2: Yeah, to be fair, um, you know, I, I would not say that going from zero to 15,000 in three months is, 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 happens very often. I think the, the the biggest factor, you know, you have talent, you have the hard work of engaging with people, but also it's association, right? The fact that I was associated with Shea Robottom helped me cut through a lot of the the process. It was like you're on the fast track, you know, you avoid a lot of the uh, obscurity, because she, there people are familiar with her. I'm associated with her. Uh, automatically, that gives you some level of authority because she's Definitely. not going to deal with anybody. So in your industry, try to align, whatever industry you're in, try to align yourself with some of those thought leaders, be in their comments, engage with them often, because people are going to see the, co- the communication between the two of you, and they're going to say, okay, well, you know, person X, that is an authority, seems to think highly of person Y. Now I want to know more about person Y. And then that's just kind of how it works. It's so true. And I mean, my work situation is I'm, I'm working for an
1: SEO focused digital marketing agency and my boss is the director of SEO at Audible. So I literally crossed paths with him, was super impressed obviously with that title. How could you not be? Um, Took him out for a cup of coffee and had an engaging conversation similar to this one. And one thing led to another, and he brought me onto his consultancy business. So making it clear that you want to develop that mentor mentee relationship with somebody, can get you so far and the amount he's been able to teach me in less than a year about SEO is way more substantial. Probably than if I took some entry level SEO position at like a whatever firm. <laughs> so it's um, yeah, that mentor can really expedite the process of here. what Here's what you need to focus on.
2: Yeah. Worth every dollar. It's worth every dollar.
1: For sure. Uh, and I'm not sure how much detail you can go in, obviously because Shay has courses and stuff that she wants people to take. But is there like a, um, like a, could you give like a quick, like, what are the top focus areas that she really instilled in you to transform you into this uh, video marketing expert?
2: Yes. Um, To give it my own perspective, uh, the way that it works is, I don't know why it seems to be this way. It just does. When you create video content, it, it establishes you as an authority figure within your within. Your, your field, whatever your chosen field is. Why? Because when they see your face out there, they're making almost an assumption that, hey, somebody's not going to be on camera talking about a subject if they don't know what they're talking about. Also, they're, think about it. When, you, when you're when you communicating with somebody in the DMs or, or it's only text posts, you don't really feel like you know that person. You know, yes, they're writing something, you see the little picture, but as a forensic accountant, what we're finding is there's a lot of fake profiles. What Harrison and I are doing right now, you know, what what I do through my video content, what Shay does, you're seeing us, you're getting to know us. And if you watch all of our content, you learn a lot about us. Now you're kind of like in our lives. And when it comes to building trust, when you can build trust visually, it's because remember, we can still use text above the video. We're hitting all of your senses. You can hear us, you can see us. You can read our messages. And I just find that it just, it just makes uh, everything stick out a lot more. So what does Shay do exactly? She teaches you how to film the video. She teaches you how to be, be creative. because a lot of the problem is is that, you know, yeah, when we were five or six years old, we would draw, we would have imaginary friends, we would go on adventures but we lose a lot of those skills. We lose a lot of those qualities. So this is kind of bringing all of that back because it's so necessary on a platform like this. And uh, it's a six-week course. You have access to Shay directly so you can communicate with her, ask her questions. And like I said, when you're trying to make it, like I just, when I was going through my process and I was considering it, I, j- I just wanted to skip all those steps. Like I just didn't want to have to wait for it. We're not patient. Amazon has same-day delivery. You know, why? <laughs> If that's the society we live in and that's how you're going to do everything in your life, then do everything that way and just expedite the process.
1: Smart. Yeah. Figure out anything that you can do to, uh, one of my favorite influencers is Dan Locke and he always is talking about, don't be focused on the amount of time you're putting into something, focus on strengthening your skills so that that time diminishes. So it's, it's so valid. So she seems amazing. I I think I got to take that course. So (laughs) I'll I'll give an update on how it goes because she's just. She's got to be probably one of the biggest faces on, on LinkedIn, as far as I can tell.
2: Yeah, no, you mentioned uh, Grant Cardone. And, uh, you know, she's done interviews with him. She works with Elena Cardone and the whole Cardone organ- organization as well. She helps with their marketing on LinkedIn. So um, it's, it, that's how it works. I mean, she takes on clients that big and, and people as small as myself that had no following. So everybody fits somewhere in the middle of that, right? It's amazing. There's no reason not to.
1: That's so amazing. Uh, You definitely touched on it a little bit, but one of the questions that I was very eager to ask you is what do you think the distinction between a LinkedIn quote unquote influencer versus like an Instagram or Facebook influencer would be?
2: That's a really good question. Like I've really been meaning to do a video that you'll see eventually. And it's uh, it's about being LinkedIn famous. That is being LinkedIn famous is like living in a really small town. And like, you went to, you were like the fo- football star in like a really small town. And then like NFL comes into town and you see what the guys look like. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm obviously not as competitive as them. So, you know, the, the funny thing about LinkedIn is that it's so much easier to make it on the platform than on other platforms because there's just less people on it. And it's not, it's not really like the cool place to be, not yet at least. So because of that, you know, what you're really doing is it's like, you're a big fish in a very small pond, compared to a like an ocean full of huge fish, you're not going to stick out as much. So when it comes to instant, now, I will say that there's also a difference in mentality. And I think that's what the most important one is. LinkedIn is utopia. Where Instagram is a lot more about you know vanity, from what I've experienced. I don't want to you know judge anybody specifically, but it seems to be more about vanity because everything is pictures, right? So, uh, picture and videos. So I think there's more vanity. I think there's more um, jealousy. There's more resentment. There's more depression because all of those things factor in when you only see a person's highlight reel. Where LinkedIn seems to be more about networking and more about building relationships and helping each other. Because uh, we're all there to network. When you go to a networking event, it's a little different than going to a high school party. And, um, you know, TikTok, I I can't figure out TikTok. I've tried. <laughs> I've gone on it. I can't figure it out. It's just like, I feel like that's like an elevator that's moving at 1,000 miles per hour, just dropping. And then it p- picks you right back up. Like, I just can't out what's going on there. So it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I think that's the only algorithm that beats out LinkedIn for just bizarre. <laughs> it's <laughs> so all over the place. There's no... I like that the front page is like the explore page because there's just no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. Me, since I like some business posts, I'll see like some idiot doing something stupid to get like internet attention, followed by somebody giving like super insightful marketing tips.
2: So it, it really varies. Um, thing about LinkedIn is that it's, it's super simple. You know, it's simple to follow. It, it is a little old school. It reminds me of like Facebook from like 10 years ago because they never updated, <laughs> but um It's easy to follow, easy to see information and connect with people. So uh, that's why it's my preferred method right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I I do believe that there is positivity, obviously, on all the platforms. But this is the one where on the surface level, without even really having to dig deeper, that is just straight positivity nonstop, which is, it's refreshing.
2: Great way to put it. For sure. Um,
1: So something that I'm curious about is, what were the, the biggest challenges you faced early on, and what have become your challenges as you've grown and overcame the original challenges?
2: Um, so the biggest challenge that I had when I was starting out is the b- biggest challenge that I have today. Again, like, this is just being very t- transparent. You know, it's it, it comes down to insecurity, and it gets worse. You know, something that I don't see a lot of people talk about is that as you continue to get more and more successful you're continuously setting the bar higher for yourself so what you notice as you go on this journey that in the beginning it's a lot easier to grow because people aren't familiar with you they haven't seen your content yet and i find that a lot of people their first two three videos right out the gate are very successful because people are just not familiar with their message but then you have to always be one up in yourself. I see a lot of people just fall into the same thing, the same rut, and they don't, they don't expand their knowledge or they don't expand um, their message. So then they, they, they stop growing. But uh, um, law of diminishing returns says that even if you do everything and you are perfect, inevitably, the growth is going to slow down. And that's mm-hmm. what I've been going through. And there's a lot of pressure on me to continue to develop better and better and better content to continue to grow. So what used to be, you know, I would draft up a script and it would take me, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Now it takes me three hours because mm-hmm. I have to find a way to make it different than the last one. And a lot of the pressure that I feel and the insecurity and the depression that comes with that is, you know, I'm already held at this regard. What happens if I, I just don't feel like it one day? Or what happens if I don't create an awesome out-of-this-world video? What are people going to think? So you have this pressure on yourself now that you have to do better than you did yesterday. But it creates a lot of uh, pressure inside of yourself. And then you start asking yourself, am I doing it because I enjoy it? Or am I doing it because I'm expected to do it? And that's that's a a problem area.
1: Yeah, it's tough to figure out that balance between am I really enjoying this or am I just forcing myself to enjoy it because this is my (laughs) this is my claim to fame so it sounds like a challenge that yeah it sounds like a challenge that's just kind of always going to be there no matter what so it's um i think it's just becoming better probably addressing it
2: internally is the best thing that you can do right i i mean i it's like uh i don't know if this sounds crazy but i like it i like despite the fact that there are times where i get very down on myself i'm also very grateful that i even have the opportunity to do what i do um, and I think that despite the fact that it does create a little bit of, of internal pressure, um, it fuels me to continue to make it better. If you don't have like that, something that lights you from behind, uh, I think it's a lot more difficult to continue to push forward. So having that pressure is, is sometimes the, the best thing that could happen because it fuels you to continue to do better. So
1: Interesting. So it's, it's looking at it as, as a positive avoid as you can is the most important thing. Uh, very insightful. You're, uh, you're chock full of great insights. I'll tell you that, Jonathan. I appreciate it. <laughs> so as you scaled, um, one of the things that I'm currently in the process of figuring out is collecting data on how your content is performing. So um, A, how do you collect data? And then B, what, what pieces of data are the most valuable to you? Do you prefer to see... Increase the likes. Is the impression most important, or is the comments the most important? So, yeah, if you could shed some light on that side of things, I would okay. really appreciate it. Um, so,
2: so first, um, you know, you you can check. Uh, there's a couple different things you can do, but the one that I do recommend is uh, Shield Analytics. It's a uh, it's a Google extension. You can add that on. It's like 20, 30 bucks a month, and it's it's very insightful. It'll give you um, it'll give you insight into your uh, engagement rate. And your engagement rate is your bread and butter. And your engagement rate is your likes, comments, shares, um, divided by how many views you get. Or you know, it should be something like that. Shield does it for you, so you'll be able to get the, the percentage. And um, basically, it tells you, you know, are more people engaging with you per view than prior. So when you look at like, you know, recently I did like a th- a three month view. You know, my numbers were all up significantly. But then when you do like a week to week. You can see more or less, okay, this one worked well, this didn't. You know, this seems to attract more attention. That one didn't attract as much attention. And uh, it's very challenging because the algorithm continues to change. So what worked this week might not work next week. With everything happening with COVID-19, I'm seeing a a much different change. One video will do 10,000. The next one will do 6,000. And you're driving yourself crazy because you can't figure out why. So in the end, that's why we can't judge ourselves too much. And you kind of have to like take a step back and not focus too much on the numbers because it will drive you insane. Remember this this algorithm decides your fate. It's not that you're not being creative enough. It's not that yours isn't good enough. It's that there's this thing above you that decides your fate. So, you know, just keep that in mind if you're feeling discouraged.
1: For sure. Does the data, has it impacted the content that you're producing? If you see a certain subject is performing well or, posting at a certain time is doing well, have you been kind of using those
2: patterns to implement into your content calendar? So I would say, depends on your audience, right? Because if your audience is very international, kind of doesn't matter when you post, people are going to be there to engage. Now, if most of your audience is local, or let's say they're domestic, like in the United States, of course, you want to focus more on like EST and consider, you know, Pacific time, because in Cal- like let's say you post it in Miami at 9:30 a.m. you know what time is it in California it's like nobody's even awake yet so it's yeah. something to consider you know if you post it around 11:30 you know more people are awake more people are likely to engage in it there's no perfect time though even at the very top we recognize the fact that you have to constantly be testing different times because also a big factor, not a lot of people lear- know about this. I just learned about it recently. It depends on who else. I mean, it's logical, but it also depends on who's posting around that time. Remember, we're mm-hmm. all trying to fight to be the first post at the top of the page. So let's say Shay posts a video and I post a video. Who do you think is going to get the, the, the first post in everybody's uh, newsfeed? It's probably going to be her. She, they're going to see her video and my, mine might be down the list or not even on their newsfeed at all. So you also have to consider when everybody else is posting, you want to catch it at a time where no, like everybody already posted for the day. All right. Now's my opportunity to throw my post in so that it's not so noisy and mixed in with everything else.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I'm always thinking about like Gary V talks all the time about like you have to post at specific times, but I hadn't really thought about the fact that, Oh, there's, 60 other way more than that influencers that are, <laughs> Oh, this time is the time to post. So it's, um, yeah. Supply
2: and demand. Is something right. yeah. too. You got, you have 10 influencers all posting at 9am because Gary told them to. <sighs> so where's your post? No wonder you're not getting any views. Remember you're the, the viewer is only going to pay attention for as long as they are procrastinating from whatever else they're doing in life. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> you know, you only have a small window, like I think it's uh, like, I think it's like three and a half minutes is the average time that somebody spends on LinkedIn, average. So we're talking about like just um, the most casual LinkedIn user, you know, the hardcore LinkedIn users obviously spend significantly more time, but dude, you got three and a half minutes. So if you want to fit into there, you better make it good. And you better do it at the right time. Yeah, it's crucial. I couldn't put it better myself.
1: <laughs> so kind of pivoting from there a little bit. I, that, it was all super insightful. And, and watching you grow has been so cool. But um, I, I would love to talk kind of more for like a beginner like myself. I've rec- I just got into recording podcasts. And I've been like saying I was going to do it for a long time. And finally did what every person that wants to create content did. I actually started doing it. So I've just been recording them on Zoom. I would love some feedback on, A, editing long-form content, uh, B, transforming that long-form content into great short-form content, and then C, the art of, like, repurposing content. So, (laughs) it's kind of throwing a lot at you, but just go through
2: it as you please. So, I I think uh, when it comes to editing long-form content… it just, it, de- it depends on how you want to split it up. Like I would do it by subject matter, right? So, you know, I, if it were me, I wouldn't exactly post the entire podcast. I would break it up into categories, right? And that way it, it stretches you a little bit more. And also people don't typically want to sit, you know, for 20, 30 minutes listening unless they're doing something, but give them the option by creating like mini right? So I believe on, on YouTube, uh, are you implementing YouTube right now or no? Not yet. I
1: literally am just going to record a bunch uh, and kind of assess from there the release strategy. So,
2: yeah. So it, let's say that you're posting on YouTube. The idea is you just want it to reach 10 minutes because that's when you can start monetizing. So once it reaches 10 minutes, you can monetize. So I would say that, you know, for example, like the, the portion that we spoke about uh, LinkedIn engagement, I'd make that one video and, and hopefully I spoke to it for 10 minutes or you could collect. A bunch of different perspectives of other influencers about engagement, and put it together like that. When we're talking about LinkedIn, let's be honest, none of our names are big enough to make an impressionable difference on YouTube. So you can't curve it from, oh, well, I have Jonathan Palmer on my on my, you know, I I, I did a podcast with him. That might not work as effectively, and it's it's putting myself down. But if you made a if you made the video and you titled it, you know, LinkedIn engagement advice or something like that. Um, I believe there's more people inclined to watch it, and then getting those different perspectives. One of those perspectives is going to fit that individual that's watching it. Maybe they don't agree with what I say. Maybe they're more of a Grant Cardone than a Gary Vee. You know, it's just uh, everybody has a different outlook. So that's what I would say for long long form content. Focus on a subject. Give them the option. And um, when it comes to repurposing content, you want to make sure that it's relevant for the platform, right? So, um, for example. You know, anything on um, Instagram, like if you re- wanted to repurpose it, I, would, I wouldn't I would obviously be talking about anything LinkedIn. I would, I would maybe be talking more about my history or, uh, you know, the mindset type of stuff, where um, if you were going to repurpose it on LinkedIn, yes, people are looking for entertainment, but more than anything else, they're looking for information. And LinkedIn loves talking about itself. Everybody loves LinkedIn posts talking about LinkedIn on how to get more engagement, how to get more posts, you know, whatever. Um, perfect time to post. So um, that type of content would be great repurposed there. But I would keep it to, I find the sweet spot is between one and a half and two and a half minutes. When you're first starting out, and you're posting video content, keep it at a minute flat. Because I don't know about you, but most of us, when we, you know, we scroll and we look and we're like, all right, this video is almost three minutes long. Am I going to really invest three minutes in watching (laughs) on this? You know, if it's shaping funny, maybe, but other than that, no, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there for three minutes. So, um, when you're starting out one minute, because people don't even know you now, I can get away with a little bit longer because I've established a name and people see the value. But prior to that, yeah, one minute's the way to go.
1: Good to know. Good to know. So even scaling it down to like, like explain like beginner, beginners, uh, podcasting for dummies or video editing for dummies. What platform do you use to edit your content, and how would I physically go from taking that long form and turning it into minute, two minute clip?
2: So I started with uh, iMovie and it's completely free. I'd recommend everybody jump on iMovie and at least get your feet wet using iMovie if you have access to it. and I'm sure that Windows has you know a great option that's similar that's free to use. Um get used to the style of like I would start. Don't overcomplicate. Don't add captions unless you know. We'll, we can talk about that later. But um, the idea is is just get comfortable editing the beginning, the end of the video, things like that. Just cutting, cutting video content, and then from there you can start getting kind of fancier with it. What I use personally is Premiere Pro. It's an Adobe product. I, I have the Adobe Suite. I'm a student, so it helps. And um, you get Adobe Suite. Premiere Pro comes with it. And Premiere Pro, the the, the learning curve, curve is much steeper. It's a lot more uh, challenging to use. But let me tell you, if you sit on YouTube for two hours, you can figure out how to make one of my videos. It's not that difficult. Well, it is that difficult. But you have the tools available to you. And also, if you want to learn how to make videos exactly like mine, you can send me a message and I'll, I'll help you do so as well.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, and, and I mean, I've been messaging you on LinkedIn, and you've been getting back to me, so uh, you're a good, good about giving back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with your influx of messages, you're, you're able to respond so quickly. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so the captions you find are very helpful as far as producing content? Yes, right? Um, okay, so really quickly, tell me if I'm wrong, Harrison, but um, they say that 80% of the time, possibly 90% of the time, people watch video... Content on social media with captions because they don't use volume. You know, either you're in the bathroom and you don't want the guy next to you to hear what you're watching, or you know, you're in the office and you're you're not doing your job. You're playing on your phone. You know, you're standing in a line. You're at the grocery store, wherever you're standing, waiting waiting at the bank, and you're just you're bored. That's why we turn to to, to social media. We're bored with whatever we're doing. Um, most people watch it on silent, so captions are imperative. I would. I would not post a video without captions because it's not about me. It's about my audience. How is my audience going to interpret my message? It shows that I'm making it about them. And not only that, I, and this is something specifically for me. I noticed that people make their captions like teeny tiny, like, hey, guys, listen, who is your tar- target demographic? You're trying to get the VPs. You're trying to get the presidents. You're trying Like, they don't like, have you ever said, like, does your dad do this? Like, my dad does this. My grandfather, too like the text on their phone is huge massive right so i was considering that when i was making my videos i was you know even even the bigger influencers the text is so small in the video and i was like dude my my dad can't read this i need to make it bigger so yeah i can only fit like four words in the caption but it helps them read it so they actually follow through with it they watch the whole thing and i think that that really helped with leads
1: it's so smart, and it's crazy that even, like, like such minute things, uh, like, you don't give much thought to unless you're really, like, actively seeking it out. How that subconsciously might impact someone who's 50 and a CEO, and he's like, oh, I can't see this caption, and scrolls on when it could have been a potential sale. Something as simple as that. Um, you... You like to keep things like, you, Do you, what type of equipment do you recommend for somebody who's getting a little more into it? Just like, a, you don't need like a crazy camera. And you even suggested to me that um, people on LinkedIn tend to prefer like crappy film quality, huh?
2: Yes, I, I do find that the crappy film quality, for whatever reason, it works. And the reason <sighs> why it works is because when something is over, like, just look at the food we eat. You know, just consider the food we eat, right? Do you want food that's over-processed or do you want food that's as natural as possible? It's just the society we live in overall. Like the same way that you don't want something that's over-processed, your eyes don't want to take in over-processed information. There's a certain trust that is built when you see a guy in his living room speaking his heart in comparison to wearing a suit and tie, sitting in a, in a, in a boardroom. There's a different kind of energy. There's a different kind of pressure. When the camera is like laser sharp, you know, and it looks like a commercial from television, I'm turned off. Automatically, my brain thinks you're trying to sell me something. And we want people to get away from that idea. So think about it. If sitting in a boardroom, wearing a suit, overprocessed, they're probably reading a script. It's not natural. Guy sitting in his living room that picked up his phone and started recording, I believe that he's speaking from his heart. So I think... Uh, 10 times out of 10, if you want to get leads and make an impact on that kind of platform, you need to get away from uh, over, overthinking the whole thing. I think a big factor in it as
1: well is just that people want to support people that are in the process of growing. So the fact that I'm recording this in my family room, my dad's landline rang before, it's, it just shows like the fact that I'm cooped up in my parents' house right now isn't an excuse to not be producing content, you know? So I think, I think people really resonate with that.
2: No, I, I agree 100%. What I will say is don't, 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 don't record in your car, number one. And number two, don't make the, okay, let's just go over it because this is going to help a lot of people. Number one, don't introduce yourself. Don't don't tell me your name. Don't tell me what you do. Why? Because look right up. R- right above you in your video, it has your name and it has what you do. Why are you repeating it? I don't need you to introduce yourself to me. That's not how social media works. So cut the introductions. Number two, if you're recording a video in your car, you do not need to tell people that you're not driving. And to avoid that completely, don't do a video in your car. Then you don't have to address it because those first three seconds make the biggest difference. In those first three seconds, you have to ask a question because that's going to help get people's attention. Or you have to make a statement, something powerful, a statistic that's going to get them going, get them moving, get give them a reason to watch. If you make it about you by saying your name, you lost them. If, you, if you're explaining to them that you're not driving your car, you lost them because they don't care about that. Get to the point. Make it quick. Look at the society we live in. We just want you to get to the point already. So I think that that's a huge factor. I just avoid cars altogether. It's a great idea. and I mean, even those
1: carpool uh, karaoke's they do, they're not actually driving. So it tells yep. me uh, probably just avoid the car all around. <laughs> well it's it's been it's so incredibly insightful um you've given me so i've really got the juices flowing here as far as creating video content and i, I literally have no excuses anymore so we're doing it i i can't wait to uh chop this up into something <laughs> a little more uh, consolidated and refined for for linkedin and and i know my followers will be excited to see that i got to work with you so
2: yeah if, and, and something to remember just really quickly is uh because you're considering, we didn't really touch on it too, too much, but because you're considering now you're just starting to get started. You're really like really starting to, to push for the video content at least um, and growing your, your reach and your network. Right. Um, you don't need to have all the answers before you start. I didn't have any answers and the nice, and, and just remember your your first five videos are going to suck. They're going to suck really bad. I like, I feel like I'm pretty sure Gary Vee said that at some point, but your first five videos are going to suck really bad. So don't worry if those are not on point. You're going to learn things as you go. You're going to keep getting advice. You're going to keep hearing things, talking to people like us, and they're going to get better. So just don't let that stop you. You don't need to have all the answers before you start. Just do it.
1: It's so true. It really is just getting your feet wet, even in this is, I think, my fourth or fifth podcast. So hopefully this is my last crappy video. (laughs) um, I'm I'm more conscious of it. And also just um, even if your content doesn't take off at first, it's like the fact that I got to have An hour, like it's practically like a consultation session, chatting with you and chatting with all these professionals that can offer such incredible insights, building that relationship with your podcast guests and coming up with incredible insights to produce content around. It's just, it's all so worthwhile. So, to anyone who's on the brink of starting and knows that it's what they want to do, but they're hesitant for whatever reason, just do it, man. You'll figure it out later.
2: And don't overvalue your time. I see a lot of people like painfully overvalue their time i'll have messages like uh, because i'll 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 get this a lot i i do podcasts you know there are paid podcasts but like for example this one i'll do for free you know and there's a lot of people that will do free podcasts and free consultations and then and they'll ask well well I, i can't do a free consultation like you know that's not a good use of my time it's like listen you know jeff You spent an hour watching Netflix yesterday, like whatever you were doing, there was time in your day that you could have allocated to doing one of these calls. That was not that important. You weren't doing anything that important. So, you know, if somebody that already is an influencer on LinkedIn, from my perspective, don't overvalue your time, give to others. It's going to come back to you. Harrison in five years might be the biggest podcast in the world. I want them to remember me. So don't (laughs) overvalue yourself on the front end because you never know what's going to happen with all of these people. So definitely recommend that.
1: Seriously. And I mean, even in the short term, it's like anytime I see one of your posts now, like I'm going to engage with it. I'm going to comment on it because you went out of your way to do something nice for me and I value the insights that you have to share. So it's, it, I genuinely want to give back by liking your content and helping other people see your content. So it really is a win-win. Just being just being a kind person is the, <laughs> the simplest way to get what you want in life can't
2: can't say it enough absolutely
1: (laughs) for sure so before we sum things up i would just like to ask what are you thinking about in your near future and what are your like long-term goals do you plan on sticking with a forensic financial thing do you want to work with shay indefinitely where do you see yourself going now?
2: it's just so incredible because uh you don't predict these kinds of things like I couldn't have planned to be a client of Shay and then within a month work for her. Like it just, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. So if it's taught me anything, it's that focus on this month, focus on optimizing this moment, this week. And um, while ideally I would love to continue to do social media, I could just as well continue to do the the, the forensics because maybe long-term it's more, you know, it's, it's more stable. The thing about social media and, and I hope people realize as they continue it's just so unpredictable. You know, we're running on an algorithm. We don't know what's going to change. Maybe, maybe tomorrow nobody wants to create videos anymore. Everybody's creating sliders. You never know. So when it comes to social media, you just kind of have to ride the wave, you know, and hope for the best. But um, yeah, I, I love what I'm doing. I love it so much. And I would love to continue to do it. But I'd say that uh, have a backup plan because and, and embrace other social media platforms. Don't marry yourself to one because this one could go away tomorrow. You don't know. Um, and what are you going to do? So, you know, embrace everything around you as well.
1: It's so true. Yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. (laughs) It's really applicable everywhere. Yeah. LinkedIn decides tomorrow. Oh, we're done with the content thing. We just want to be a resume again. (laughs) What are we going to do? We're just
2: out of luck. And it's free. We don't, we don't own it. It's free. We're not paying for a membership. They don't owe us anything. So yeah,
1: it's so true. And I mean, with me being an SEO, it's like I can attest, it's, Google's changing stuff to their algorithm every single day, every single month. And I mean, there's certain things that have always been like pretty much staples of SEO that are still applicable, but there's really nothing stopping that from changing. So uh, always being on your toes. If if this coronavirus has told me anything, it's uh, to expect the unexpected. It's just... Uh, yeah. I, this became the new normal in a matter of days. I remember I went out like to a bar with my friends on like a Friday night. And then that Sunday they were like, if you go out, you're a jerk, like stop going out. And I was <laughs> like, I felt like a jerk for going out on Friday, but now it's like, <laughs> now I'm not doing anything. So it's, it's just, it really came out of nowhere.
2: So true. So true.
1: It's yeah. It's uh, <laughs> always got to be ready for change, whether you want to or not. Um, yeah. Well, just to sum things up, I would, I would love to give you a moment to give any shout outs that you might want to give, talk about stuff that you're working on. Uh, obviously, people should be following you on LinkedIn. ASAP if they're not already.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I want to plug both. Um, I do work for a forensic accounting agency. I'm still their, their chief marketing officer. That's Palmer Forensics. And um, then I also work for Shea Robotum. I work for Shea Robotum Marketing. I'm the content coach. So, if you are interested in the program, you're going to be working directly with me. I can give you, uh, you know, this was a, a taste of the knowledge that we have and, and, and all of the, the value that we can bring to you in creating video content, uh, the creative mindset behind it, what works, what doesn't, and what will make you viral, which is huge because you want to get your message out there as much as you can. So um, it's a six-week course. And um, you have the ability to talk to Shay directly, to myself directly, and we're here to guide you. You know, this isn't one of those, like, uh, pyramid schemes or we're misleading you. Like, no, we, we have tangible results and testimonials that speak to the success of the program. So uh, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at john at I'm also on LinkedIn. So, you know, send me a connection request and I'll, I'll consider you from there. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll accept you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're. uh I don't think you're too picky on accepting P no, sure. no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> you're accepting a ball. If, if you work for Fiverr and you try to sell me, then I'm gonna block you. Just, just throwing it out there.
1: Yeah, as long as you're not harassing me about making ten grand in a week with blockchain, I'll probably accept yeah. your connection request.
2: <laughs> no, don't do it. And as a forensic accountant, one word, one piece of advice: as a forensic accountant, right click on their profile photo if they sell blockchain if they sell bitcoin do a google search on their photo guarantee it's going to go back to an instagram account it's going to go back somewhere else it's a fake profile so be very mindful i've worked with cpas i've worked with a lot of people that have put their life savings into bitcoin only to find that the guy's a fake so do your due diligence check their website out make sure that it's reliable
1: yeah gotta be careful especially these days that's why we need video content so you know that they're not a phony exactly exactly. <laughs> oh John thank you so much it's really been a pleasure
2: the same brother and I, I had a, such a great time so I'm really looking forward to your growth and uh, I'll definitely be back again one of these days hopefully I can bring Shay with me and uh, we'll yeah
1: we'd love to have you on and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, this won't be the last time I have you on so looking forward to the next time
2: Great. Thank you.
1: righty, John. Thanks again.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of the Innovative Mindset with Harrison Kelly. Please join us on your favorite podcast platform. That's YouTube included for the video version of the show. So that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify as well. Don't forget to follow on Instagram and connect with Harrison on LinkedIn. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.